This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey backpackers, Bird Shooter here. And tonight we flash back to 1995 to speak with Stuffsack, a thru-hiking companion of mine that I met on the Appalachian Trail the previous year. We stayed in contact after our thru-hike, did some hiking together over the next few years, and were able to connect for this interview on February 19, 1995, when he visited Charlotte, North Carolina, just four months after we completed our hike. For a change, you will not hear me in this podcast. Stuffsack will speak solo to tell us about his first week on the Appalachian Trail, hitchhiking, some of the good and bad days that he had, and his favorite state on the AT. This episode is one of 11 interviews that I did with the thru-hiking class of 1994, less than a year after they finished their hike, and I'm working to get these episodes sprinkled in with our regular podcasts as either bonus or regular shows. For a summary of these conversations, you can click back to episode 41, which consolidates clips of these 11 discussions into a single show, or stay tuned for episode 89, where I speak with Stuffsack a year after his 94th thru-hike on the Appalachian Trail. Okay, my name is Keith Trevette uh, from Richmond, Virginia, and my trail name is Stuffsack. Uh, that I just uh, had started this long trail and uh, getting dropped off uh, in Georgia by my girlfriend and really not knowing uh, what was going to happen for the next six months. It was kind of a, kind of a scary thing. Uh, it was cold. It rained pretty much the first uh, seven miles of my hike. And uh, it was not bad until I got to Hawk Mountain Shelter, and then it was kind of, uh, I started to, uh, kind of wondering it was it was kind of a you know thinking over the whole day it was kind of kind of a rough day and I was thinking well I've got uh, six whole months of this another 200 days of this and I was kind of just wondering what it was going to be like I definitely like shelters um, I was a shelter hound all the way I carried a tent the entire way but I would prefer to sleep in a shelter uh, any any day um, simply because the, the getting out of camp in the morning was easier for me. I, the mice never bothered me. Um, sleeping with people uh, squenched up beside me or people snoring never bothered me. Um, it was just a lot easier for me. I liked it a lot. Well, I guess the uh, the first wildlife that would that I would the first thing I really saw up close was uh, a deer. But the the most interesting wildlife experience I probably had was the uh, waking up one morning in, in Maine and having a uh, a, uh, a moose which kind of trapped me in the privy, you know, it was standing about 20 feet away. And then once I had cracked the door and uh, he heard me, he kind of came over closer towards me. And it was a rut going on at the time, so I kind of got a little worried. But he went on down the hill and uh, carried on about his business. Well, 
for Virginia, for me, especially because I lived there, um, it was great. I realized that Virginia's 500 miles of hard, uh, kind of sometimes depressing, long, very hot days. But simply because I was from, you know, Richmond, um, I had a lot of friends to come see me, and um, I knew the places. I hiked a lot of the state, most of the state. Um, you know, I was very excited about Grayson Highlands area, and you know, Virginia's got good good points all the way through it. Um, but you know, it it really wasn't a wasn't a down thing for me at all. I met some sure hikers about a year ago that, that all said there's no such thing as Virginia Blues, but uh, I can definitely see it. It's it, That's about the time where you, you've overcome all the physical part of the trail. It's starting to become more mental. I mean, from, from Springer to Damascus, it, it's kind of a, a, a lot of fun. It's a party. And once you hit Damascus, you know you can do it. You just have to want to do it. And I think that's where Virginia, people really start spreading out through Virginia. Um, the trail gets a little easier, you start really moving, uh, taking some big days, and I think that, you know, and the heat, um, and it, it's some of the trails not very exciting, so it, I think it's definitely there. Like I said, being from Virginia, it, it wasn't for me. It was Every five to ten days I, would, I was hiking a section that I've hiked many times before, and it was very, it was interesting to me. I, I really liked it a lot. All the way to Harpers Ferry, um, I don't know. Um, Trail Days was uh, quite an experience. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, it's a really neat town. They really like hikers. Um, uh, I've never been, seen anything like that. A, a gathering of people that all um, enjoy hiking, and it was definitely fun. It's a band of freaks. <laughs> It's it's a lot of neat people. Um, I don't know. The locals seem to like it. Um, it's a good place for a, a person that's gonna through hike to go, or uh, or it's just a reunion place for for hikers to come that have you know hiked it before or that are going through. It's a great time to to be and get your spirits boosted for for the next uh, the next you know two thousand miles. But yeah, I mean they give some clinics. You can talk to many people that have done it. If you're looking for just some, some good insight on the trail, um, you can talk to people that have done it, people that are doing it now, people in your age group that are doing it. Um, it's a great learning place to go. Damascus is a nice little town. Hitchhiking in general, I, I definitely did on the trail. I, I would think everybody did. Um, now, hitchhiking into a town or, or yellow blazing is two different things. I, um, it, it's, you know, hitchhiking is something that I, I'm, I'm very comfortable with, just doing it, um, especially down south. It's very easy. The people are friendly. Uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a new experience for people that have never done it before. It's, it's definitely tough to get that thumb stuck out there on the road. You feel a little awkward doing it, but it's, uh, it's great. Uh, you know, the people are friendly. They, they, do, they go out of their way sometimes to help you out. Hitchhiking is kind of, uh, it's, it's almost a, a way of life on the trail unless you want to walk into a town which may be uh, 5, 10, or maybe even 15 miles away. Uh, you know, you, you've hiked all day, there's no way that you're going to walk into a town. When you can, you're on a road, it's just very easy to hitchhike in, and, and I feel it's very safe. Um, you know, it may not be, in all cases, a good thing for, for you to do solo, but, you know, you can usually set it up if 
you need to hitch into a town to get it to be done with someone else safely. I guess I, I'm not quite sure the statistic reason why. Um, I think that the people that I saw that quit, um, a lot of it became, you know, some was a, a monetary problem. Some people were really, you know, kind of running out of money. Um, people just lost their enthusiasm for it. I mean, it is a tough trail. It really is. It's a tough, long trail. And you have everything from torrential downpours to sweltering hot days in the summer to rocks in Pennsylvania. And, you know, it takes a wear and tear on your um, physical and mental state. And I think uh, it's, you know, after you get over the physical, then you have the mental battle to go. And that's tough. And it's, it's a long, long trail. Um, simply from a retail standpoint, I would definitely tell folks to buy good equipment, uh, first and foremost, simply because you don't want the headache of it breaking on you. Um, that's just, and that's not great advice, but it's, it's a really good idea to have good equipment. Um, I don't know, there's really nothing that you can do to prepare yourself for this hike. It's 2,155 miles of every emotion that you can ever think of, and it's, it's no way to prepare people that come in and talk to me about it. They say, um, I'm getting ready to do this, and I've been you know, practicing, I've been backpacking, I've been running and jogging. I, I don't really think any of that, um, I mean, I think to some extent it'll help you out, but I really think there's no way mentally you can prepare for this trip. I mean, you can go out there and get in shape in the first 25 days of the trip, um, but that's not, it's not going to prepare you to, walk, to hike, you know, 2,155 miles. I had so many best days. Now, looking back, if I was on the trail, I would probably be able to tell you all about my worst days. Um, there's so many good days, I can't even, I couldn't even begin to to tell you. Um, I had plenty of bad days as well. Uh, I remember one of my worst days was, uh, I'm not quite sure exactly where it was. It was the Bear Everton Race Mountains. Yeah, one of my worst days was the, we only did 13, 14 miles, and we were desperately wanting to get into a town. And the only thing, we just needed a meal, and it was just raining. And it basically rained an entire day going over bare Everton Race Mountains. It wasn't a big day. It was just raining, and it was uh, just very slick rock the whole way. And it was, we fell and slipped all over the place. And, and we got to um, the place we were heading. I can't think of what it was called now. It was a place we could sleep on the picnic tables underneath of a shelter and then the lady had had a bad hiker experience um the chaise pine tree inn that's that's correct um she had a bad experience with hikers a couple nights before maybe a week before and basically had blown up and taken it out basically on us and i was in no way shape or form ready to hear anybody yelling at me when i got in i would if I would have known this was going to happen, I would have stayed up on the, on the trail at the last shelter about four miles back. Um, that was one of my one of my worst experiences. Um, and as far as best days, uh, so so many of them. Looking back, you you only you really truly only remember the the good days out there. get up and you just you eat breakfast, eat whatever you want, brush your teeth, 
kind of take everything down, basically take your house apart and put it, stuff it in a little backpack and put it on your back and start walking until you get tired and hungry, stop, eat, uh, rest, you know, drink, uh, hike some more, just do whatever you want to do and uh, find a good place to, to sleep if it's a shelter or your tent and uh, do what you want to do. Maine was pretty intense, and uh, the 100-mile wilderness was, was super intense for me. That was probably the definite, definite highlight of my entire hike, um, the White Mountains and, uh, and the 100-mile wilderness. Um, I don't know. I think after getting up on top of Katahdin, and, uh, I, just did, I didn't know where to go from there. I think that I'd, I thought when I started in Georgia that I was heading to Katahdin, and I had all this time to think about it. And I think after reaching Katahdin, I, I knew there was no more white blazes to follow. I really didn't know what, uh, where I was going to go. I was more at peace with uh, myself and what was going on, but I didn't. I still, I didn't really know what was. I didn't know what to do. That was the end. Vermont for me was wet, very wet. Um, Vermont is very beautiful, and New Hampshire was my number one favorite state on the entire trail. Um, Vermont for me was just, it was very, you know, the, you start getting into a different forest, and uh, you have views every day or every other day on like Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania. Uh, you have beautiful views. You start getting into uh, some lakes, some ponds. Um, and you start getting into uh, a nicer group of people. People are friendlier up there. Uh, New Hampshire is just amazing. The White Mountains just totally blew my mind. It was a great, great area. Pennsylvania, as probably many people will agree, uh, simply because it was so hot, it was very flat, it was very rocky. Um, you know, to me, Pennsylvania was a, a sequence of um, gap to peak and ridge walks. You walked up to the top, you walked a ridge for 10 miles, and you went back down to a road or a stream and back up. It was very, the rocks really, they really are all that everybody says, and this, it was hot and snakes were everywhere I saw. I mean, 25 rattlesnakes probably going through Pennsylvania. It's a tough state. I wish I could uh, catalog all the stories that I have about the trail. This every day was a was something new happening. It was just it was an amazing trip. Every single day there's something else. It was never dull, never never a boring dull moment. If uh, if you had a a sequence of boring dull days, uh, they were soon changed with uh, a whole row of amazing happenings that would just just you know take you by surprise um, if you had a week long of rain boring dull nobody around all alone hiking which rarely ever happened for me um, you know it was soon remedied by going and uh, having somebody pick you up and hitchhiking to a town and take them back to you know them take you to your their house and fix you dinner or anything some amazing stuff happened um, I don't know. 
<laughs> Bromley, bro. <laughs> Bromley was pretty amazing. <laughs> Well, something I think being from Virginia and having so much of the trail run through there, just uh, going hiking, you know, on weekend trips up in the Shenandoah National Park and seeing that Appalachian Trail and knowing that that thing runs all the way from Georgia to Maine, and, you know, and I'm standing on a mile stretch of, of what continues all the way, you know, as far south to Georgia and as, as far north as uh, Maine it was just unbelievable to me. And I always was, t I would talk, you know, well, someday I'd like to do this, you know, someday the, the AT, you know, I'd like to do it. And I, I was young, I never thought that I'd really ever do it. And then, you know, I just, I was so intrigued by it, I would go and buy books on it from the local outfitter. Before I worked as an outfitter, I would go and, and buy books and I would just read about it and say, hey, you know, I could do this. And I think it just, it, you know, the years went by and I, I became more and more, I got to a point where I, I thought I could do it. And I did so much hiking, and I ran into thru-hikers, and I hiked with thru-hikers so much. And finally, I, I ran into a couple of hikers in the Shenandoah and spent the night with them. And I was saying, you know, I really, really want to thru-hike someday. And I, was, I just kept, you know, quizzing them on, on information and what they could help me out with. And they said, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in debt, and I have a car payment, and I really don't think I can do it. And they're like, sell it all. Do it. It's worth it. It's, it's worth it. It's that great of a trip. And I think uh, I'd planned at that point to do it in 95 and I think I went home from that trip I talked to my girlfriend about it and I, I think I decided right then and there that I was going to do it next year there was there's no reason to wait I mean it was just another year uh wasting I think that um I, I think I made the right choice doing it in 94 was the right year for me I think uh, maybe what I learned the most was maybe a little bit more patience. Um, that if uh, the only thing that that I could think of to tell anyone about the trail that has any intention of ever hiking it or that even would think about dreaming to do it uh, would be to just drop it and do it. Uh, it's the most amazing thing that you'll ever do. It's the hardest trail, that's for sure. But it's uh, it's worth it. It's gonna it's gonna give you a, a lifetime of memories that you'll never ever forget. That's what I think that everybody probably uh, thought that. I mean, you hit that halfway point, and you're just like, yes, I'm here. And the, and then you think back that that night, I lay there in my sleeping bag, thinking, man, all that I just went through, I've got to do it again. It's unbelievable. I, it's almost to the point where you don't even think you can do it. You don't think that you can do it again. I mean, you made it that far. It's like, hey, this is pretty. That's pretty good. But I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can keep going. Well, I think it, there's really no favorite season, simply because the the whole trail is. I mean, you you go through all the seasons, um, and there's good and bad about every one. I mean, uh, I remember the first time I was sitting at uh, Tassinati Gap. I think I was at. And just uh, that's the first day that I and we woke up at at Neil's Gap and it was uh, just really foggy and it was ice kind of ice coming down and just really misty rain and just nasty weather and by the time we got to Tassinati Gap it was we sat there and it was just beautiful and it was so that was only the fourth or fifth day out and it was just beautiful weather there and I think that's when I first started seeing bugs and stuff kind of crawling around and that was kind of the 
the first day that I realized that we're, we're, we're really walking with spring. I mean, every day uh, you're seeing a little bit more of spring, and by the time we got to Fontana Dam, it was just, I mean, spring was everywhere. It was, I mean, you could start seeing flowers, and it was just, you know, the greenery was coming out and stuff. And Georgia on Springer Mountain was just windy and cold and uh, desolate and kind of almost depressing. I can almost never, I can never see how I could finish on Springer Mountain. Uh, forever north, baby. <laughs> never, never, never would go south. Mm. I have one picture of me up on Franconia Ridge that I really like. Just a real good silhouette picture of me with a backpack on up there. I think Wicked Ale took it. Uh, just a really neat picture. And, of course, probably my favorite would be the sign of me on Katahdin. My favorite picture. I had to wrap it up in a 15-second statement. Uh, <laughs> impossible. <laughs> it's just impossible. Just do it. You've been listening to the N2 Backpacking Podcast. This is your host, Bird Shooter, wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to the show, visit iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or your favorite podcast app. And give us a thumbs up or a positive comment while you're there. You can also stream shows directly from n2backpacking.com. Just click the podcast tab on the main menu. Music from the show was provided by Jarrus under a Creative Commons license and is titled Hillbilly Anarchy. The show is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information on this podcast or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at n2backpacking.com. That's the letter N, the number 2, backpacking.com.